a spiritual coup. No one saw this coming. Welcome to Hidden Agenda with David Waterman, myself, and Paul, the producer. Of course, David with the Midwest Public Health Coalition. Hidden Agenda today, by the way, brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Austin says Barry and the team did a great job putting a deck skirt on my deck. It gave the deck a great finished look and helps keep my dog from getting covered in mud every morning. Would recommend them for any project, large or small. Tell you what, for that project you want done sooner than later, call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. And make sure you call Executive Properties right now for your snow removal this winter, all right? If you have any questions or comments for myself, for Paul the Producer, or of course David Waterman, feel free to call or text. Our number is 701-213-0863, 701-213-0863. You can also follow us on Rumble. Uh, before we get going, let's do it. Uh, time for jokes. My neighbor tells me plus one. How's that? Jokes. My neighbor tells me plus one. Here we go. your first one. I don't want to end this year in a bad terms with anyone. I do not want to end this year on bad terms with anyone. So everybody, here's your chance right now to tell me you're sorry. <laughs> okay. How about this? The truth will always set you free, except on Facebook it'll get you a 30-day ban. That's good. Yeah. That's very funny. Uh, Unfortunately true. Yeah. Uh, Joe's approval rating, Joe Biden, our wonderful president, his disapproval rating uh, now at, oh, let's turn this around. His disapproval rating is now at 61%. The all-time low for an approval rating for a president. 61% is his disapproval rating, his approval rating 34%. Uh, even Kamala right now, Kamala, uh, she is now viewed more favorable than Joe is. Oh, boy. What a great uh, choice we have there. Um, some more news. Ex-FBI chief Charles McGonigal. He investigated the Trump-Russia collusion deal. Uh, he himself just got four years in prison for colluding with Russia. <laughs> Took over $225,000 in payments. Uh, Hunter Biden, of course, uh, in the news all the time and now uh, refusing to sit for a closed-door deposition in Congress uh, after being subpoenaed by House Oversight Chairman uh, James Comer, of course, a rep- uh, Republican out of Kentucky. Now, Hunter demanded to testify publicly rather than in a closed-door session thinking, oh, they'll never do this. Well, it sounds like uh, Comer is apparently going to call his bluff, uh, and hopefully he's going to have to testify in front of us all, which uh, I think is is good stuff. Uh, And now, before um, I'm done with my little rant here, uh, this whole new Minnesota flag thing. Um, In fact, if you were to read the uh, headlines in the uh, Star and Tribune on Sunday... Uh, They want a flag that unites us instead of separates us. A flag that unites us instead of separates us. Now, I'm a French-Canadian, a Métis, and and the old motto of the the Minnesota flag was Le Etoile du Nord, which stands for Star of the North. Well, now their new motto is Mini, which is M-N-I, Sota, Makochi, which is Dakota for the land where the water reflects the sky. Uh, Not bad, but here, if Dale can show it, um, let's let's first stop. Let's look at the uh, Puntland State of Somalia flag. All right, Puntland. It's a state of Somalia flag. Let's take a look. Okay, there it is. Now let's take a look at the new Minnesota flag. Really, <laughs> really? Oh, it's hmm. shaped like Minnesota, and it, it unites <laughs> us instead of separates us. I, jeez, I don't know. Um, I'm not very happy with that one. Uh, anyway, um, and finally, I just wanted to end uh, my thing today with, uh, with, a, with a, a quote. Um, What's done can't be undone, but at least you can keep it from happening again. And uh, that is actually a quote from Anne Frank in the diary of a young girl from back in 1947. So there we go. David Waterman, Midwest Public Health Coalition. How are you, my friend? Good morning, John. I'm well. How are you? Good, good, good. Good to, good to be here. Good to see you. Yeah, uh, y'all. You, uh, you're looking good. And that's, I. by the way, you asked me that question before the show, and I did not get it right. I have not read the diary of Anne Frank. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say. I, but, I did read it, but it was it was a school thing back, way oh, back in the way, day, way you know? Back, yeah. yeah. Hey, um, um, I never would have got that either. Really, uh, another thing, too, I'd like, uh, Dean, if you could pull up. Could you pull up a picture of the Palestinian flag? <clears throat> Give me a sec, yeah. Okay. Um, big plans for Christmas? 
Uh, yeah, well, my son, um, one of my sons, um, my youngest son is coming home for Christmas. He lives in Bismarck right oh, now. Oh, good, good. Sells hot tops, but he's going to be here for Christmas and uh, and leaves the day after. So, uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. My <laughs> sister comes in on Friday night. Um, she has not been up here since my son was married five years ago, I think. Uh, she lives in Alabama, uh, Fairhope, Alabama, which is Florabama, really, on the Gulf. Um, but because of the pandemic and all of that stuff, she hasn't been able to come up here. She's never seen the studio. Oh. She's never met any of my grandkids. Oh. So she'll be up Friday for a week, and then it's mayhem until, like, the second or third of next year. Okay. All right, I think. So do you, do you have what, – what kinds of traditions do you have around Christmas? Um, we do <laughs> one day with just my son – and his family and kids. Then we do one with my mom, her boyfriend, and my sister. Uh, then we'll do one with Paul, the producer's family, and that's a oh, huge one. Nice. Um, and then what we do when we do the one at, at Paul's parents' house, um, we pick a different nationality, if you will. I think last year we did French. This year it is Scandinavian. Oh. Uh, so I know oh. um, my wife has got a day uh, scheduled for dumpling making and things like that. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I got my cheese fill last year and wine, uh, but it, it was fun. Um, so uh, I'm going to have Dean uh, really quickly pull up the new Minnesota flag. Okay, now um, could you show me the Palestinian flag? Yeah, see, it's mm. what, what is it with... Minnesota wanting to be part of the <laughs> Somalia or Palestine or see that to me is okay. If you're a Minnesotan, you could see that maybe that looks like Minnesota, but it, boy, I tell you, I, so we have, well, I'm just saying, you know, when they did the voting though, there was no to, voting to the, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, they had, they, they just decided we're going to, we're going to do a new flag. You've got so much time to put your idea in. It's like the duck stamp every year. You know, the, the waterfall stamps, you, you submit your drawing and a panel goes over it and then they decide, well, OK, here's the top five. And now this morning they are going to decide which one it is. Um, they still can make a few tweaks, but they have to have uh, what did they say? It, it had to be in. They were going to figure it all out within like a, a week or two. But, um, yeah, it should have went up in a vote, in my opinion. It, it shouldn't For be sure. up to a group of a couple of people because. Odds are, I'm guessing by looking at the flag, every one of these people that submitted, I'm guessing they weren't conservatives. I'm pretty sure they weren't. And you would think that since the flag, the purpose of a flag is to represent the people, the, the people should have some say in mm -hmm. how they're represented. Now, th there was word about uh, the fact that how it depicted uh, natives or something, the old Minnesota flag. I don't know how, if, if Dean could get it. Yeah, or the old, the old if you could get the, the, the current or the flag we do have. And somebody said it wasn't fair to the natives or whatever, but they still have uh, basically the Dakota Nation or Lakota Nation, whatever, model on the new ones. So they're still, I don't know, but uh, let's see here. The new, yeah. the, the, the old Minnesota flag. There was, I don't know if it, it showed, I can't remember what they were, Matt. Once I see the picture here, we'll hopefully be able to figure it out. But it, it, it's, it's really dumb. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So. Okay. All right, here we go. So there's the, the old Minnesota flag. <clears throat> ah. Is there any way to, there we go, there we go. Okay, you can see go. the native on the horse in the back, and 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 they were there's the the Toil du Nord, yeah, uh, but yeah, they they for some reason didn't like that because he was riding away, and I don't know the the white settler who had a shotgun leaning on a tree stump is plowing and looking. I don't know, but apparently it offended somebody. Um, huh. I don't know. I I sure like that. I think that there. You could come up with a hundred stories for that flag. Well, I think that the reason that they were, I think the people that were most offended were the farmers because you see that guy's got no shoes, and that's yeah. saying that farmers are poor, <laughs> and poor people are dumb, and so farmers are dumb. Yeah, he didn't even so, have a horse for Pete's sake. He's he just pushing a, that that's plow. The point. He's just a dumb, poor <laughs> farmer who doesn't know how to lean a shotgun up against. I mean, yeah, that's also very dangerous to lean a shotgun up like that. Or, no, that, that, come on, people, that's so that's stupid. See that that's flag, a beautiful flag. It looks to me like it tells a story. You can kind of you can kind of use your own imagination, Name and then you look at the new flag that they want. It, pff, 
What is that? So I mean, the, so so it's kind of so they kind of followed the Lando Lakes. There. Uh, uh, oh boy, they followed yeah. the Lando Lakes mentality, didn't they? Um, get rid of the Indian, keep the land. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I guess so. So they did with their logo. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that little Indian maid that they had on the on the cover of Land of Lakes. I thought that was oh, very good. Yeah, very especially when you fold it up and you know you had the knees. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, well, uh, <laughs> some people don't know about that, but very honoring to uh, to Native Americans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now it's just no, we just yeah. Keep the land. Say with Aunt Jemima, you know, uh, pancake mix or or syrup, you know, same thing. Uh, it, it's just for dumb, really. It really is. You know, my, uh, when I was born, my, my grandmother, I, I lived at my, my mother lived at her mother's house when I was born up in Annapolis, Maryland. And she had an, uh, a maid uh, who was black and uh, her name was Nancy. And I, I love Nancy. I mean, I grew up, Nancy kind of, there were times when she would take care of me and she, and I would talk with her, you know, she's going around the house cleaning and, um, and I, uh, she was like part of the family to me. So if there was, if I was going to make some kind of a product later in life and sell it, I might have chosen to reflect something about, you know, using a, the using a black woman, just because, because when I thought about our maid Nancy, um, all I had was positive feelings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I right, thought of her right. as a very comforting very um you know i mean i just yeah i i really cared about her and i because she cared about me yeah, you know yeah, I knew, yeah. she was and when she and when i got older when i grew up and labor labor became a became a christian i went to and and found her i mean she hadn't worked for many many years mm-hmm. but i found her and my wife and i went over and and uh i i think we got to meet one of her sons <clears throat> And it was just wonderful, you know, seeing this woman and catching up. And she was, turned out she was a strong Christian. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's really a shame that a small group, a small handful of people have warped and twisted the minds of all the minorities into thinking that if you're white, you're evil. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, you, we can't have anything to do with each other. We, it, it's it's total segregation all over again. So and it's destroying us as a country. So do you think if uh, Aunt Jemima was really a dude named Douglas, but identifies as Aunt Jemima, it'd still be cool? They'd, they'd, they'd still be having, you know, would they still have her on the on the label? Well, none of that stuff's supposed to make sense. It's just it's designed to divide us. I mean, that's the point. Yeah. Oh, I know that's it the is. Goal of it, it is. Yeah, but it, it is. Of course not. Of course that wouldn't work. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, a spiritual coup. No one saw this coming. Right. So, um, so here's what here's what I thought would be. No, is it coup or coop? It's coup. Okay, I thought so. I was... it's, it's if it's a car and it ends with an e, then it's coop. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's like uh, yesterday. The question came on on social media: Is it gala or gala? And every time I use the word gala, somebody says it's gala, and then I say gala, and they say it's gala. I just oh, I don't know. So it's chicken coop. Does that end that's with a coop? Yep. That's, that's a coop. Yeah. Yep, does that it end with an e? e? Yep. Yeah, it does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, is it tomato or tomato? I say tomato. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Toma- it's tomato. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is tomato. There's no such thing as a tomato. <laughs> no, that's right. No, there's a tomatillo though. Okay, now how, uh, here's this is one my wife and I always argue about. Coupon or coupon? coupon. <laughs> right. It's coupon. That's, That's right. how I was. T- That's right. Now, when I went to radio and television school, they claimed to uh, enhance my vocabulary by a couple hundred thousand words is what they claim. But all that was was words you've known your entire life, but just the proper way to say them, to pronounce them. Yeah, like I, when I, my first radio job, I told us I read the news and I read a story about uh, Tuscan, Arizona, oh, yeah. or Tuxin. T- I did the same Tuxin. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this conversation quite often. Often, yeah, yeah, often, yeah. Often is actually the proper pronunciation. It is, it is the proper pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And people think that they're well, educated when they say often, but it's. Did really you ever often. hear my my Reba McIntyre story? My no. first radio job I took was at a country radio station because I was panicking because I didn't have a job. I had long hair. I was a rocker. I had a pierced ear. I drove a '65 Pontiac Tempest that was all hot rotted out. First time I get on the air, she had just come around and was getting big, and I introduced her as Reba McIntyre. <laughs> Phone line started lighting up. It's Reba McIntyre, dumbass. And then they'd hang up, and it's like, yeah, okay, oh, sorry. Tuxins. They weren't thing. very, yeah. No. Tuxin. 
Yeah, I also talked about a guy that, who was indicted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on both of those newscasts, I got yeah. a, a call immediately afterwards from my mother. <laughs> David, that's indicted. It, it's funny, when, oh. I, when I sit down with coaches before I do uh, radio play-by-play, I always go through the rosters, and oh. I write down the, the spellings in, in yeah. you know how it's pronounced and, right. and not how and they're like no it's not spelled like, shut up just <laughs> shut up you know try doing a try doing a basketball game once up in Stephen argyle with some of those names some of those names are like 42 oh. letters long it's like jeez it doesn't it's not pronounced anything like the way it looks right anyway, yeah you need I a keep, pronunciation guide i keep straying today that's sorry about right. that that's okay well when i was selling for a certain radio station because they outsourced all of the people that do the ads. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how many times I'd have to correct them. It's not Demers and Alaris. <laughs> yep, yep. Or Anita. You know, it's Anetta. It's not right. Anita. Yeah. Right. Minot. Minot. <laughs> yeah. Minot. <laughs> someone, someone called me. Actually, I did a, I did a shoot up there a while ago, and someone called from another state. I think it was Michigan or what? I can't remember what state. I think it was Michigan. I said, so yeah, we're going to be shooting up in, uh, where is it? Is it, is it uh, I don't know how to say, is it Minot? <laughs> it's actually Minot. Oh, Minot. Oh, okay. Mind rot. There yeah. you go. So, <clears throat> so I, I thought that it would be good to have maybe a little, a little game today. We'll play a little game. Okay. And the, and the title of today's show is A Spiritual Coup. And as soon as somebody, it can be anyone in the room, figures out what the title is referring to, you stop me, and we'll go from there. So I'm just going to go back, and I'm going to read a few things from Scripture uh, this morning, and I think that this will be a good way to do this. Um, uh, beginning, in, <clears throat> beginning in Genesis, when, you know, the story of Adam and Eve, serpent uh, tempts Eve to eat the, the... Was it an apple, a pear, a cherry? No, it wasn't it's any of those. Fig. It, no, it was, <laughs> no, it was a... It was forbidden fruit. It was the fruit of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. It doesn't exist in, in the world today. Mm-hmm. That tree does not exist anymore. It's not on the planet. So it's not an apple. This is called an Adam's apple, but it wasn't an apple that got stuck in Adam's throat. That's just an old yeah, wives' tale, yeah. whatever. But it was, the, it was the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that he tempted him uh, not to eat. And, um, and so here's what happened. <clears throat> Um, God said, he called to the man, he said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Now, God knows the answer to all these questions, right? He's not, <clears throat> Jesus is there in the garden. This is before, this is the pre-incarnate Jesus in the garden, which is why he heard him walking, because God doesn't have feet, but Jesus does have feet. So he heard him walking, and he hid because he knew he was naked. And so he says, have you command, Have you eaten from the tree that I... He said, uh, yeah, the woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Now, here's the key part. <clears throat> And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and, the, and this is the curse, on your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. That's a fierce uh, division, a rivalry, fighting between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed... <clears throat> So we have to stop right there. And some people that are maybe like atheists would say, oh, see, that's proof that the Bible is flawed and not true because he said your seed and her seed, and we all know that women don't have seed, right? Right, Women have eggs. Men have seed. Mm -hmm. Women have eggs. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. God knew biology before the word biology was even invented. Right, because he made it. <laughs> sure. So he didn't make a mistake. So when he said, your seed, he said, I'll put enmity between your, you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. So your seed, he's referring to the serpent or those who would be sons of the devil and her seed. 
meaning someone else. And he shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. So that's the statement. You'll bruise him on the head, and he'll, uh, you'll bruise him on the heel, and he'll bruise you on the head. So, so the question is, um, what's he talking about? What's, what is he talking about? Got me. Let's just take a look at Hebrews. I'll just look in Hebrews, see if we can find an answer to that. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, verse... Mm. so funny. You, know, you aren't wearing headphones. <laughs> I heard the crickets. <laughs> Just checking Dean's your hearing. Not, yeah. uh-huh. Dang Dean. That wasn't me. That wasn't Dean. No, that was John. So, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 says... Since then the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. So serpent is the devil, right? Mm -hmm. And in Genesis it says that that his seed, the serpent's seed, is going to bruise him on the heel and he's going to crush his head, the serpent's head. What happened when Adam and Eve ate that fruit? <clears throat> that was the first sin ever to take place in the world. Right? Mm-hmm. That brought sin into the world. That brought corruption into the world. That brought death into the world. It's the, the scripture is very clear. There was no death before Adam. Okay. There was no death. <clears throat> Animals didn't die. This, by the way, is, is, is a way that you can prove to your atheist friends or your... <clears throat> Your friends that believe that uh, that uh, um, the evolutionist guy Charles Darwin was a real smart fellow because he really wasn't. The idea of millions of years has a real problem with scripture because if there are dinosaurs running around on the earth for millions of years before man came on mm-hmm. to the earth, <clears throat> what were all those dinosaurs still alive when man showed up? No, they had, they were all dead according to evolution, right? They're all dead. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's true, then what do you have on earth before Adam? Death. Death before Adam. Right. But the scripture makes it very clear that death came as a result of Adam's sin. If there's no sin yet, you can't have death yet. But evolution, the idea of millions of years, you have death before Adam. You can't have death before Adam, or else you have to throw out the whole Bible. The whole gospel is made moot if there's death before Adam. There was no animal death. There was no human death. There was no death before Adam. So we know that when the Bible says that the earth was made in six days, and then the seventh day God rested on it, and then he gives all the genealogies, you can count up those years, and you get that the earth is somewhere between six and 7,000 years old, and there's no reason to believe anything other than that, because if you want to try to make it millions of years, then you have death before Adam. Okay. Which means that sin didn't come into the world because of Adam. Uh, death didn't come into the world because of sin. And therefore, all the animal sacrifices that were, that were made uh, prior to the birth of Jesus were meaningless because the death of an animal means nothing. It's not, it's not a payment for sin. It's not a, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. No. So you're saying dinosaurs weren't real? Didn't say that at all. Okay. I said they didn't die before Adam sinned. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so maybe ask another question about dinosaurs. That's a good that's a good point. That's a good topic. I like that topic, dinosaurs. They well, lizards or birds? Uh, well, they're dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Horus so, or Rex, whatever. So so dinosaur, what the, the word dinosaur actually means terrible lizard. They're, they're, they're these huge, mm. huge creatures, right? What does evolution say about dinosaurs? It's a little bit off topic, but since you brought it up, I want to I follow this for just a minute. What does evolution say about dinosaurs and, and, and man? 
it just says they were there. I don't know. I mean, that they came from a thing from the ocean and then evolved into a lizard or a mm-hmm. bird or whatever. And just, evolution. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, the, this the the movie Jurassic Park, which was uh, very entertaining, but completely scientifically inaccurate. Uh, totally inaccurate. I mean, you know, they 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 put in all their evolutionary theory. Oh, look at them! They're flocking. Oh, they're running like birds. No, they're not. They're not birds. Uh, they didn't come from birds. Uh, God made dinosaurs, just like God made man, just like God made mm. hippopotamuses and giraffes and zebras and cats and dogs. Right. I mean, if you could, and mice. You could say creation or evolution. Um, I look at it the same way you just said. I mean, there, there's all kinds of evidence of evolution, and there's all kinds of evidence of creation. Um, so I kind of look at it the same way. Uh, God created, and then they evolved from there. Well, in a nutshell. Well, <clears throat> there's no evidence for. So if we if we talk about evolution, there are two different two different categories. Let's call it okay. There's what's called macroevolution, which would be Darwinian evolution. Mm-hmm. And then there's what people refer to as microevolution. I don't consider that evolution. Microevolution is changes within a kind. Yeah, right. So, right. Dogs' ears get longer or they get shorter. Mm-hmm. Their tails get fluffier. Their or colors less fluffy. might change. Colors with their might surroundings. Change. Right. Yeah, they and, evolve to to keep surviving. And they call that evolution, but I don't call right, that evolution. Right. I call that changes within a kind. I I call that adaptation. Uh, yeah, and, I would and, I would and, agree with that. And, right. And so there's mm-hmm. a difference, right, between adaptation and evolution. Evolution says that a a a, a, a fish becomes a frog, which then becomes a lizard, which then becomes a dog, which then becomes a horse. See, that's evolution. Mm -hmm. Going from one species turning radically into a totally different species, that's Darwinian evolution. And that would require in-between forms, in-between, you know, the, oh, but, but, but... when it went from a, a frog to a lizard, there had to be something in between where it just started getting scales before it had scales. Let's see if we can find some in-between forms. Do you know how many in-between forms, whether you talk about from from ape to man or from fish to frog or frog to dog or whatever, do you know how many in-between forms science has found around the world in the last hundred years? I'm pretty sure I went to school with a couple of them. <laughs> we called them the missing link behind their back, of course. They were like Neanderthal size. <laughs> yeah, there are none. Zero. No, right. Zero. They've spent millions of dollars, maybe more, uh, looking for these missing links, looking for in-between forms. He just walked by. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> and uh, except for that guy. No, you yeah. missed him. Oh, that okay. guy too. Okay. <laughs> no, there are none. No. There are none. Every single species of, of animal uh, on or bird or reptile or fish that exists on the earth is complete. They're not in the process of changing into something else. I talked to an evolutionist one time. I said, so when did evolution stop? He said, oh, it never stops. It keeps going. Mm -hmm. I said, so my understanding is that evolution, the way you're talking about it, is that suddenly a a mutation takes place and something grows on you and uh, either either it has a, it becomes valuable it has it, it develops the, the the mechanism the organism develops some way of using this new growth that makes it valuable to the organism and then eventually it becomes more developed until it looks like you know a hand or an ear or a nose or something like that he said yeah that's right i said but it starts out as a mutation that is that doesn't have a purpose initially but then it develops one because it becomes somehow beneficial he said that's right i said okay where are they? Mm-hmm. Where's all the... If, we, if evolution is continuous, how come we don't have a bunch of stuff hanging off of us that, that is going to disappear in the next generation? Or if it's beneficial, it'll continue in the next generation. How come every single... Well, men can a, have babies now. Every single appendage that we have, <laughs> every part of the human body has a, a fully... A, a com- it's completely formed and it has a function. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's just there that's just kind of... Yeah, my whole family for years, we've got this growth coming off the side of our <laughs> face. And I mean, it's like for generations. And we think that someday it's going to become a radar. And the, the third know, I mean, eyeball. There, there's nothing a like horn. that. Yeah, horn. There's nothing <laughs> like that on 
any creature okay, in the but- world. In fact, every single mutation that takes place in an organism is always harmful, and science knows that. What What about like, uh, say, my grandfather's time? Uh, he's been he's been gone a long time now, but uh, back then the average height for a man for a male was about five eight. Five nine. Yep. Uh, even my dad was uh, barely five ten, but now the average height for a male is probably six foot. You no, know, it's actually if, five nine and a half. That's I average. Just, yeah, I just talked to someone about that the other day because I said I'm average. I'm five ten and a half, uh-huh. five eleven, depending on the time of day. And they said, no, no, you're actually above average because average is five nine and a half. Okay, but aren't are people getting bigger? Um, and so, I can see the getting obes- wider. Well, I know well, that, <laughs> and I can see the obesity and, and all of that stuff. But I well, think they're getting taller too. Yeah. To answer that question, uh, John, uh, we know this for a, for an absolute fact, and it's been proven over and over and over again that the 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 major determinant about how tall you're going to be, uh, other than other than genetics, is nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so, people that that live in areas where the children are malnourished don't get very big they don't grow very tall they don't you know they at some point stop growing but then when those same people from that same family move into an area where they've got abundant food that's nutritious those children grow to be a lot taller okay because my dad was five eight my mom's not even five foot a six two uh, I had a grandfather that died when I was a young baby. He was like six, seven. But otherwise, I was just going to say, it's because I was such a good eater. Well, I don't yeah. know. Well, well no, like, I mean, part of so, it. well, if you have, you know, a uh, uh, husband and wife and they're both, you know, six, four, the chances of their children being six, four, I think are pretty likely yes. as opposed to them being five, five. But. If you have one that's six four and one that's five five, there's a good chance that it's you got a fifty fifty chance yeah. of so that's simple genetics, but that's but, not evolution. But so if you have, um, you know, a family that's say six feet, yeah. and then their kid turns out to be six two, and then hooks up with a girl that's six two, then would the kid, can I mean, could it be six four and then continually? We continually get bigger that way. Yeah, it's, I think it's it's possible, but but if that child is malnourished, it's it's unlikely that they'll even reach mm-hmm. six feet. Sure. Oh, gotcha. Right. So nutrition plays a huge role, and so that's what we've seen in a lot of areas where, boy, they were so short for so long, and all of a sudden everyone's getting taller. Well, because they're eating better. Yeah, and, and you know, where a good place to eat is. Yeah, yeah, we're good cakes and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> you know what? These just get better and better all the time, don't they? <laughs> Nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Oh, for heaven's cakes. First thing that comes to my mind when I think of this stuff, that and Dean over here, he makes some pretty good stuff too. Uh, but I tell you what, um, best cupcakes or cakes, doesn't matter if you've got a special occasion, uh, maybe you just want a treat, walk in to find out more, but I'm warning you, you're not going to want to leave. Oh, for heaven's cakes, right on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall here. They are open Tuesday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Saturdays, 9 a.m. to noon. Give them a call, 701-757-CAKE, or you can email them at overheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Uh, you know what? It's never too early to start thinking about uh, graduation. Give them a call, all right? Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Oh, for heaven's cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Ah, spiritual coup. No one saw this coming. Hidden agenda. Of course, David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition in the studio, myself, Paul, the producer, Dean, the producer today. Um, and yeah, I, I, I had to do that ad. So, no, uh, so where, where we left off. Yeah. So really quickly, because um, kind of what I was getting at is if you take this into, you know, animals, you know, crossbreeding. So if you're crossbreeding mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. couldn't that be a form of evolution? No. Okay. No, because there's nothing <laughs> evolving, really. Yeah. It's look every we all have we have genes, right? And animals have genes. So if you so we have dominant genes and recessive genes, right? So so brown eyes, for example, are a dominant gene, and blue eyes are recessive, mm-hmm. correct? Right. So if you have a if you have a a, a brown eyed person marries a blue eyed person, the children are going to have brown color eye. Yeah, right. They're going to be brown. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't have a blue eyed person unless. In fact, well, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Someone is out there saying, "No, no, that's wrong." Um, you can't get someone with blue eyes unless at least one of the parents has blue eyes, right? So my parents both, I think, my father had brown yep. eyes, my, yep. my mother had hazel eyes, and my eyes are hazel. But I can't have, oh boy, 
I, 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 should, I should have boned up on this before I came in today. I wasn't planning on having this conversation. Uh, the, the point is that there are dominant and recessive genes. Mm-hmm. And so there are features, whether it's hair color, curly hair, straight hair, um, brown eyes, blue eyes, hazel eyes. Uh, and and those, those genetics determine what our offspring are going to be like. <clears throat> there are species and if if and most animals within a particular species are able to breed and have fertile offspring right so if you have a a a big dog and a small dog if they're able to breed together they can still have offspring Mm -hmm. that can have other dogs like a labrador and a poodle there you go labradoodle that's what i got that's a good story because my dad when you when you said uh, bones uh, my dad was a, a Métis, a French-Canadian Indian. A little looked like Sonny Bonell. Um, oh. My mom was a German, uh, again, a small German. Um, and I ended up with blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, bigger. My yeah. sister is taller, but darker skin, brown eyes, dark hair. Uh, looks like a native. And, and yeah. it's funny, the two of us together, it's like, this is my sister. People are like, no, it's not. Right. Well, but it is. It, you know, he, he, she got my dad's side. And I got my mom's side pretty right. much, and then my we had a kid brother who was like right in between. So. Yeah, and so there are people from other races can just like, but we're the same species, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you're American, if you're Native American, if you're an Eskimo, if you're a Hawaiian, uh, if you're a Japanese, Chinese, German, French, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter. We can all breed yeah. and have for and and give birth to fertile mm-hmm. offspring mm-hmm. as long and as so, both people are capable. And what happens when, a, when somebody from South Africa who's very dark, has very dark pigmentation, marries a Norwegian, uh, they're going to have children that are going to have traits from sure. both parents mm-hmm. in greater or lesser degrees, right? Their skin is certainly not going to be as dark as their mother or father, uh, but it's going to be a lighter color. They, you're probably familiar with this. Back in, you know, after Vietnam, a lot of American sure. GIs married... Uh, Vietnamese women and the children were rejected both by the white Americans and by the Vietnamese because they're mixed breeds yeah. now, right? Yeah. But like those Mulatto children, Joe. But, yeah. but but a lot of those children were very attractive. I mean, very sure. handsome, very good looking. So when you mix these different uh, gene pools, mm-hmm. you often get a superior result. Yeah. Um, I once knew, uh, and I don't know if he's still around or not, um, a black albino. Oh wow! Yeah, and, and it, yeah, I, I went to school with one. Yeah, yeah, and, and no I think, uh, wow. yeah, I think he maybe used to bartend at the KC Club or something. That's how I met him. But um, anyway, yeah. probably the guy I graduated with, Tyrone, was it? Yeah, Tyson. Tyson. Okay, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, I remember. Been a long time, but anyway, that's, yeah. So, so anyway, what we're talking about is changes within a kind, and God made our world that way. He made our biology like that, so that we don't look like. Like we're all sugar cookies, right? We're right, not right. Carbon copies of each yep, other. Yep. There's always uh, diversity and and uh, and change within, but that always happens within boundaries. The changes that take place within a species are always within boundaries. You cannot mate a cat and a dog. They, no, they it doesn't work. You can't mate a human with a baboon. It doesn't work. In fact, God said, "Don't do that." He said, "Don't don't have." Relations, in other words, don't have sex with it's animals. A, it's a beastiality. Isn't, isn't that the island of Dr. Moreau? Isn't that what it's, he was doing? I, it's, yeah, it's yeah. so science fiction. But the point is that in real life, a rose never becomes a raspberry. No. Right? They right. both start right. with R, but it, doesn't, it sure. doesn't work. Sure. Evolution says it works, but it doesn't. And it never has and it never will because God established boundaries. An ape will always be an ape. A dog will always be a dog. A human will always mm-hmm. be human. A cat mm-hmm. will... I mean, uh, when I say human will always be human, I'm, I'm not talking about the World Economic Forum people. I'm talking right, about you right, know, right. people like us. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, people like us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's saying a whole lot, but... <laughs> and so, in fact, in fact, that's just, just to go back briefly, um, that's... God said that very clearly in Genesis chapter 1 before there was a biologist on the planet. He, he said, he said, then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. So what does that mean? God says in Genesis, which was written 
thousands of years ago. Every species of animal, whether it's a bird, a dog, a cat, a fish, whatever, they reproduce after their kind. They don't suddenly become different kinds. Dogs don't become horses or apes or cats or whatever. And, and so again, when we look at science, we see, wow, it's reflecting what it says in the Bible. How strange, no, how expected. We should expect that. Okay, I want to just move on because we don't have a lot of time to get to the, the, the main point here. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, <clears throat> and we've read this before on a previous episode after Israel was attacked by the people in Gaza, by Hamas. Um, and this is what God said to, to Abram. He said, now go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse, referring to the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's, by the way, that's, that's a prophecy. That's a prophecy that God made directly to Abram, mm -hmm. who later became Abraham, as we discuss on the show. Now, if we flip into the New Testament, we see in Matthew chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. Jesus was the son of David, who was the son of Abraham. In other words, David was in the genealogy of Abraham, because Abraham was the father of all the Jews, mm -hmm. and Jesus was in the genealogy of David. Sure. Okay? Sure. And it goes on, and then it explains, so Abraham was born Isaac, and to Isaac Jacob, and to Jacob Judah, and his brothers, and to Judah, and then he goes through the, the whole list. Verse 17, um, I'm sorry, 16, and to Jacob was born Joseph, the husband of Miriam, who was by whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Uh, therefore, all the generations from Abraham to neighbor to 14 generations, from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deport deportation to Babylon to the time of Christ, 14 generations. So let me just, uh, just a little side note here. Christ, was that, was that Jesus' last name? We always say Jesus Christ. Was that his last name? Or was it Mary Christ and Joseph Christ and Jesus Christ? Was that their last name? I, I, well, you got me. Nope. No, it wasn't. It was a title. Christ is a Greek word. It's not Jewish. And it, 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 the, the actual Greek word is Christos. And we have translated Christ, we've transliterated Christos into Christ in, in English. So it wasn't Johnson or anything. <laughs> it wasn't Johnson. Okay. No. And Christos is the Greek form of the Hebrew word. Mashiach. Mashiach, we transliterate into Messiah. Okay. So the word Messiah is the Hebrew word Mashiach, and it means anointed one. That's what Mashiach means. That's what Messiah means. So, it's, so when you read Jesus Christ, you can say, you know what? I, for some reason, they decided to, to translate Messiah into Greek, or they're using the Greek word for Messiah, but it should be Jesus the Messiah. So whenever you see Christ, you can plug in the word Messiah because that's mm -hmm. what it means. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to translate Messiah, what that really means is anointed one. Jesus the anointed one. Jesus the Messiah. That's Jesus, Jesus the anointed the Messiah, one. Okay. Yeah. Or Jesus the anointed one. So when, when God would choose someone to do something great, uh, like to become a king or whatever it was, he would often send a prophet. The prophet would pray a special blessing over them and would pour oil on their head as a sign that they have been anointed by God mm -hmm. to do a certain specific thing. That's how Jesus got that title, Christ or Messiah. Sure. He is the anointed one. He okay. is anointed by God to be the king, the ruler, the savior of the world. That's what he's anointed to do. That He was anointed to come and actually take away the sins of men. So we have the, the prophecy that God said that in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And now we find in 
Matthew chapter 1, the fulfillment of that prophecy, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So Jesus came through the line of Abraham. Would you say, and so how many people in the world have the opportunity while they're still alive to believe in Jesus as their Messiah, as their Savior? Everyone. Everyone. Mm-hmm. John, let me ask you, just doing simple math, since Jesus came from the line of Abraham, the line of David from the line of Abraham, would you say that through Abraham, all the people of the earth were blessed because Jesus is available right now to be believed in by everyone yeah. in the world? Mm-hmm. That's it. There it is. Yeah. That's the fulfillment of that prophecy sure. right there. Sure. Okay. So we'll go on to another one. Uh, Genesis 49. I'll go there quickly. Genesis 49. Marie's watching. I was wondering where she was. Genesis 49. It's right at the very end. Hold on. Almost there. 43, 47. 49. Pardon me? Looking for a quote. I am. I'm looking for Genesis 49, chapter 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Uh, I'll read on just a little bit. Uh, It says that he ties his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washes his garments in wine and his, his robes in the blood of grapes. Okay. Uh, So that's Genesis 49, 10. Let me go now quickly to the very end of the, the very end of the New Testament, which is Revelation. You know, I thought about, I thought maybe I should put little sticky notes in all of these verses just to make it faster. And I thought, nah. nah. Revelation 5. Go with the sticky notes. Verse 5. <laughs> And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. The lion that is from the tribe of David. Genesis 49.10 says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Ruler from Judah. And Revelation 5, 5 says, Stop, one of the behold, one of the elders said, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David. Who's the root of David? Jesus. Jesus, right. Has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. The seven seals, by the way, is going to refer to a prophecy that's going to take place in the it's it's the the seven plagues mm-hmm. that are going to befall the earth in the last days, referring to Jesus. So we have continually in the Old Testament the prophecy, and then in the New Testament the fulfillment of that prophecy. That's the one that that uh, is yet to come, but still Jesus is behind it. So I'm going to go now to to just I'll I'll, I'll put this into high gear now, and we're going to go to Isaiah chapter fifty three. Sorry, I'm going to do first. First, I'm going to do Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7. Let me see if I can find. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to remember. I didn't write this one down. Uh, give me just I one second. I think we went into reverse. Did, did. <laughs> uh, you're correct. Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. This is Isaiah 7, 14. So this is written roughly 2,000 years before Jesus was born. No, I'm sorry, 900, 700, 700 to 900 years before Jesus was born. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and will bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. That's in Isaiah chapter 7. A virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and mm-hmm. we'll call his name Emmanuel. Um, 
what does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. Does that sound familiar? A virgin will be with child and will well, give yeah. birth to a son? Sure. Yeah. Who, who was that? The Virgin Mary. Who was the son? Jesus. Yeah, right. So the prophecy of Scripture is the virgin would give birth, which is, of course, impossible. Right, right. Except through evolution. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's impossible unless God does something. Sure. So if you think back to the first thing that we read, which was in Genesis, when God said, I'll put enmity between your seed and her seed, he's speaking to the serpent, enmity between your seed and her seed, and you will bruise him on the heel, and he will bruise you or crush you in the head. <clears throat> When Satan brought sin into the world by tempting Eve and then through Eve, Adam, he brought death into the world. But what does Jesus say that he conquered at the cross? Sin and death. And death. So when he said your seed and her seed, he's talking about the seed that was in the womb of Mary, not her biological seed because women don't have biological seed. Right. But the seed that was in her came from God. The, the baby that was in her womb didn't, was not a result of a union with Joseph. In fact, she, she, didn't have any, she didn't have relations with Joseph until after Jesus was born. So we know that it had to be from God the Father because he said the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, right? And that's exactly what happened. So Jesus' name is Emmanuel? Yes, God with us. That's what she, right. Okay. That's what that means. L means God, and so God with us. So, um, so and the, now the birth of Jesus, Messiah, was as follows. When his mother Miriam had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Miriam as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, or Yeshua, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Who's his people, by the way? Everybody. Don't say the Norwegians. Everybody. No, no he, at this point, he's talking specifically about the Jewish nation, oh, the nation of Israel. Yeah. That's his people. That's, what, that's why he said that the, through you, all the nations, or through your, through your tribe, through your people, which is the Jews, the Israelites, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And she will bear a son, and you'll call his name Jesus. And all this took place that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took her as his wife and kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and she called his name Yeshua, or Jesus. So, the title of the show today is what? A spiritual coup. No one saw this coming. No one saw this coming. <clears throat> so, after Jesus was born, in where was he born? Egypt? Nazareth. Jerusalem. No. Bethlehem. Quiz yeah. for 900. Bethlehem. <laughs> Bethlehem, which means house of bread, by the yeah. way. Interesting. House of bread. And Jesus called himself the bread of life. House of bread. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Oh, by the way, do you know where Bethlehem was? It was in Israel. <laughs> the land of the Jews. The land that God gave to Abraham. All of Israel. That land today is, well, a little tiny piece of it is still called Israel. The rest of it's been taken over uh, by Arabs. But a little piece of it is still called Israel. And behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard it, 
he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of all the people, he began to inquire of them, where is the Messiah that was to be born? And they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, this is the, this, this is the prophecy out of Micah, Old Testament book of Micah, the, Micah was a prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means the least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler. A ruler. If you want to, if you want to follow along, it's, uh, it's Luke, cha- uh, Ma- sorry, Matthew chapter 2, verse, um, verse, sorry, verse 6. <clears throat> this is the prophecy from Micah. Out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. My people Israel, who will shepherd my people Israel. John, did you have a comment? No. Oh, okay. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and ascertained from them the time of the star when the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. When you found him, report to me so I can come and worship him too. Do you think that's what Herod wanted to do? To worship the child? I don't know. I'll tell you. It's it's not. It's not what he wanted. You're making this into a Bible quiz. No, I'm I'm trying to... We're about to celebrate Christmas. Okay. I think it's important to talk about what happened. Okay. Leading up to Christmas, leading up to the birth of Jesus, right? Because before there's another show, we're going to celebrate... I mean, I'm going to celebrate Christmas. Mm -hmm. Having heard the king, they went on their way, and lo, the star which they'd seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the, the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and they came into the house, and they saw the child with his, with Miriam, his mother. We say Mary. Her name was actually Miriam. And they fell down and worshipped him and opened their treasures that they presented him, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. Now, we tend to collapse time, and we think this all happened within a couple of days. It didn't happen within a couple of days. And, and these wise men did not go and see Jesus in the manger. You know, we, I've got a little manger scene in, in my house we put out at Christmas time. And we always take the three wise men, and we put them in another part of the room. Our boys have done that since they were little. Because they're traveling. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> when Jesus was born, they weren't there. Right. They were still on the way. They were following the star. They're following the star, exactly. Mm-hmm. And by the time they got there, Jesus had left Bethlehem. He, he, yeah. I mean, he left the stable. He wasn't there. They were back home. They were at their house. And Jesus was at that point an infant. He wasn't a baby anymore. And how do we know? Because it says that uh, they came into the house, not into the stable. Came into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him and opened their treasures and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then God warned them to go back by another way so they wouldn't go back and tell Herod where the child was. So at this point, Jesus was probably two, maybe three years old when they, when they saw him. And when they departed, um, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he said, Arise and take... He didn't say take the baby. He said, Take the child and his mother... And flee to Egypt. Take him to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you, because Herod is going to search for the child in order to destroy him. So Jesus and Mary and Joseph all went to Egypt, and they hid there. And so he arose and took the child and his mother by night, so no one would see them, and they departed for Egypt. And he was there until the death of Herod. So that would be fulfilled what was spoken by the Lord from the prophet who said, out of Egypt that I call my son. So that's another prophecy from Hosea. That's a prophecy from Hosea, out of Egypt. Because you go, wait a minute, I thought he came from Bethlehem. Well, he did. But then he was called out of Egypt because mm. he went there to hide from Herod, who was trying to kill him. When Herod figured out that he'd been tricked by the Magi, he was furious. I mean, he literally flew into a rage and he sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its environs from two years old and under. So he sends the soldiers out to kill all the babies two years old and under. I, I, they were the precursor to Hamas, if you think about it, right? 
they go out slaughtering all these Jewish babies, trying to kill the Messiah. And if you read in Revelation, it talks about Satan trying to kill the Messiah. That's exactly the way he did it. And according to his time, which he ascertained from the Magi. So that's how they knew. They had to be a year old, or two, excuse me, two years old or less. So <clears throat> that was spoken so that what would be spoken by, uh, by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more, because all those children were dead, killed all the Jewish babies, hoping to kill Jesus. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel appeared to, the, uh, to, to Joseph in a dream in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the child and his mother, go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother. They came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus uh, was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he departed for the regions of Galilee and came and resided in a city called Nazareth, that what was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled he shall be called a Nazarene. So there we have the history of Jesus, the spiritual coup that no one saw coming. Jesus is the ruler. The scripture says that the government will be on his shoulders and he'll be called Mighty Counselor, uh, uh, Almighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. That's a prophecy in Isaiah referring to Jesus. And it all happened. And Herod tried to stop it. A bunch of other people tried to stop it. They all failed. And thus, the prophecy that was made to Abraham when he was Abram about how all nations of the world would be, of the world would be blessed through you was through the Messiah Jesus, which we're going to celebrate. So, yes, Merry Christmas. Gotcha. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Um, same to you, man. Um, let's not forget what Christmas is about, everybody, all right? Uh, also want to thank Rumors Sports Bar and Casino since we're talking about Christmas. <laughs> uh, right across the hall, in fact, I got a meeting there in about four minutes with somebody. I tell you what, if you want to go watch your favorite sports teams, uh, it's, it's, it's a sports bar, all right? It's surrounded with TVs. Uh, maybe you want to go to the next UND hockey game jump on a bus. Maybe you want to go to a concert, jump on a bus. Uh, great lunch and dinner specials. They've got the $7 express lunch. In fact, today get $8 boneless wings. Uh, check it out. Home of the world famous beer tower. They got Monday DJ trivia night. Uh, Rumor Sports Bar and Casino in the Grand Cities Mall. We love that place. By the way, uh, we are off next week. And tomorrow... Hey, Santa's back tomorrow. How about that? Tune in at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Santa Claus stops in for his yearly visit to the studio. We can't wait. Kids, be ready to call or text your questions for Santa. And remember to like, share, tag, and follow us, all right? Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show. What happens is your phone dings every time we go on the air. Pretty cool stuff. Hey, the Grand Cities are grand. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching.